critical thinking for everyone! Hey everybody, we are back and it's spring and we're not wearing masks and we're doing the radio equivalent of frolicking through a field. Yeah, something like that. We are um, wearing masks most of the time, but they say when you have vaccinated adults, after the time period now, you can hang out um, in meeting rooms and stuff without masking. And so we are challenging that theory. We are doing our own field research. And uh, so, so far, far, so good. So far, we're, it's a winner. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, now here's what I want to know. All right. Brian, uh-huh. my co-host of the show, Critical Thing for Everyone. When that's, fall, this is Patty, the other one. The other one. When the fall comes around, mm-hmm. And it's cold and flu season. Will you wear? Will you voluntarily wear your mask when you're in crowds to just keep yourself protected from all kinds of germs? I will. I will. Um, I used to when I've I've been traveling to Asia, as some of you might know, for a very long time. And so when I was younger, I noticed people masking regularly there. And so sometimes it seemed appropriate for me to do that as well, although I wasn't quite as concerned, I suppose, because of my um, you know, cultural point of view, but I see more and more wisdom in that, um, you know, particularly in the last year, but I do think for things like allergy season and flu season and that kind of stuff, I think it's definitely, uh, a good practice. I don't see any reason why we wouldn't do it. Well, we've got all these masks, right? We've got all these masks. I mean, come on. (laughs) I'm finding them in like pockets of pants that I forgot where, you know, I'm encountering them jacket pocket, like, oh, here's another mask. So, so I could see we've got them, and why not make use of them? Why not make use of them since we have them? Um, I guess we already know your answer. You're already prepared to. I'm thinking so. Oh, are you not? <clears throat> are you not bought in yet? No, I, I'm. I'm. I'm anticipating I will, but I guess maybe. Uh, maybe the proof is in the pudding. So let me ask you another question. Well, let me ask you another question. What's that actual quote? What quote? Proof is in the pudding. Uh huh. I don't know. It's in the eating. Oh, that like the pudding looks good, but until you eat it? The proof of the pudding is in the eating. Oh, that's the quote. Yeah. Well, who said it? Everybody. Everybody trying to push their pudding. <laughs> I think was probably what's going on there. Although I will say <clears throat> that that just it just changes when we talk about, you know, what we're going to do with regard to preparing for COVID-19 or other kinds of illness. When you say, well, the proof of the pudding's in the eating, I mean... We're really putting ourselves right out there. We are. Just like we're, you know, we're just ingesting the whole, <laughs> the whole thing. You're pretty sassy, and it is your birthday week. <laughs> oh man, it is my birthday week. Yes. Perhaps, the, perhaps the sass comes with the birthday week. Yeah. Well, you're kind of that way all year round, though. Maybe extra sassy. <laughs> it's the coffee. It's the coffee. Yeah. I went in. Let me give a shout out to the Starbucks and Extra Library. I went in there, and uh, they didn't even tell me they were closing. They didn't? No, they were resetting the case and everything, and everything was already cleaned up. And I went up to an employee, and I was like, hey, are you guys closed? like, no, go ahead. And I went up, and they didn't have any coffee except for, like, this half cup of coffee left. And they were like, here, have this? Well, they still sold it to me. I mean, don't <laughs> oh, get me wrong. Oh, they didn't but, give it to Well, they didn't know that it was, and then it was like, how do you want to do a refund? I was like, I just want to leave. I just thought, you should have told I thought them there were lots of birthday. coffee options. And they would have given They would have opened the store back up. <laughs> But anyway, thanks for the thanks for you know at least having a little coffee left for me, not making me go away. This is better, and it I think the coffee um, along with a birthday brownie um, mm. I just ingested. I think probably 
is accounting for my, uh, what am I? Sassy. Uh, my sassiness. Sassy, yeah. 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 Brownie and coffee, you're having a good afternoon. Mm. Nothing wrong with it. So We hope you're having a good afternoon, too, or whenever it is you're listening to this. We know that some of our mega fans listen to this stuff late at night. So if that's what you've got, too, then we, you know, we say, hey. We hope the sastic keeps you awake. Oh, yeah, for sure. We hope that we're not putting you to sleep tonight on Critical Thinking for Everyone, because it is not that kind of show. We are not trying to make that happen. So This is the kind of show, though, that we are trying to help you think critically. That is what we're trying to make happen. Yeah, we're trying to help you do a better job thinking about your thinking while you're thinking in order to improve your thinking. This show is about unpacking the mystery that is critical thinking and making it real for your life. Well, because the reality is if you're not interested in better thinking, this is probably the wrong show for you. And thinking is a little bit mysterious. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's hidden. We can't like take it out and put it on a table. Right. It's, it's kind um, of automatic a lot of the time. Well, and it's yeah. and sometimes it's automatic. It turns out great because I ended up with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which was my goal. And sometimes it turns out terribly because I cut my hand on the knife making the sandwich. Exactly. And it's like I was it took me the same amount of time. I was doing thinking both times like I really wasn't focusing either time. But one time ended up with kind of the outcome that I wanted. And one time ended up with the outcome that I didn't. And you go, wow. Could I do it? Could I have done anything about that? Like, is there any tools? Are there any activities, skills, Sudoku? Can I, can I do, is there a mental push-up? Maybe you do it with your face, like (laughs) up your nose or something. Wow. Well, let me ask you this, because I'm asking a lot of questions. This show is about questioning, by the way. Critical thinking is about questioning, so that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Like that. That's a deep connection with the show. Have you ever (laughs) found yourself? Making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you're kind of on autopilot because you've done it before. Okay. And then you you get done with the sandwich, and then you eat it, but your brain and your mind is somewhere else, so you don't actually enjoy the taste. Like, you couldn't recall actively yeah. eating and tasting it. Yeah. And then afterwards, you're like, wow, I just <laughs> ate that and have no... Because your mind was somewhere else. Yeah, I, I have had that. I actually remember one time that was very dramatic for me. I've been doing that weight loss thing, Noom, for a while. Yes. And um, I and it was the first time in months that I'd had, like, a candy bar. Yeah. And I went, oh, gosh, you know, um, this candy bar, I'm really going to enjoy it. I was really, yeah. like, like, I kind of. You were like, I'm going to treat myself working yeah, oh, into yeah. my food plan. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. well, and it was a little much, frankly, because I still wasn't really good with my calories. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, but, you know, I. Think, you were there. You I think were, I need this. You're committed. Yeah, yeah, I really was. And it was one of those it was one of those Reese's eggs they have around oh. um like the big ones they have around Easter. That are like filled with the cream. With the peanut stuff? butter. Oh right, and chocolate with chocolate. Oh the peanut oh, those are good and rich. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And I was like, this this is gonna blow me away. And then it was like I woke up. And the wrapper was there and I had chocolate on my mouth. And it was gone. And I had this vague sense of peanut butter flavor in my mouth. And I had just obliterated it. Like the cookie monster. And it was, I, all I, 
what I remember is my stunned realization that I had destroyed this poor thing and personally gotten nothing out of it except the calories. I mean, I just, and I'm sitting there, and I was really disappointed. Was it because you let your mind wander? As soon as I started, I was so built up, it took me like like a half a second to just, oh. like I didn't even hardly chew it, I don't think. You just, oh, I see. Uh, you didn't savor I just, it. You didn't no, savor I just it. You totally just like mainlined it. And I guess I... I guess I thought that, that I guess I thought it wasn't going to happen like that. I, I in my mind I had a whole event like with a tablecloth and like some music, candles, you know, like we're going to really take some time here with this. It didn't happen. Well, it didn't happen. It's so interesting that we're talking about this because we have never talked about mindful eating. We've never talked about that on the show. I can't believe we've not talked about mindful eating because we've because we we've, we've pitched. We're not actually advertising for anyone. I no, defy. We're not that, but we have of course mentioned mindfulness, mindfulness, and mindful eating companies before. Yeah, but we're not mentioning that right now. We, we're we, just we would mentioning hate to, the concept. Yeah, we would hate for anyone to misunderstand. Yeah. So this is what I have trained myself to do. When, like you, I'm like consciously going to eat this gelato or I'm going to eat this piece of chocolate or I'm yep. going to eat this brownie, something that I, right, I'm not unconsciously eating. I'm like choosing to work it into my calorie plan for the day and I want to enjoy it. So I have learned to just take a moment and go, okay, be conscious, like enjoy it, yeah. savor it, yeah. taste it. Yeah. And there's so many times that I haven't done that. And then later went, wow, I just ingested a really nice serving of fancy gelato and then did not enjoy it. I yeah. got distracted. I let my mind wander. I'm having a conversation. And it's so much better when you choose and you're intentional and you really enjoy it. Well, right, right. And I know many, many times since then I've, I've had that sort of conversation with myself. You know, don't let this end up like that egg. Where it's, right. you just like... Yeah. Inhale it, and then yeah, you're like, yeah. "Wow." Well, and also, I remember, you know, you mentioned gelato, and one thing I've noticed is when I'm in other countries, yeah. the servings of things like desserts and ice creams yeah. are far smaller. And so I did, I did start thinking about that a long time ago when I was in Europe, because I, whenever I'm other places, I want to eat their food, like I just want to check it out. In some cases, I'm not delighted, but I'm always happy that I've done it, and I always find some things that I enjoy even if most of it's not for me. But, man, the desserts are always worth giving a look at, even if they're not, you know, American-style, high-sugar stuff. I, I still think they're really nice. And, um, boy, a lot of times, though, you go, wow, like, that's it, huh? Like, is the rest of it coming? Or that's the whole, that's the <laughs> that's whole one. That's like two bites. Wow, that's wow. dessert. Yeah, huh? Is this, so do really you, just, do you guys it. just give me this? I mean, is this, this isn't on the bill or anything, right? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, but I mean, in those cases, I've definitely, I also started paying attention. I think a lot of my friends in other countries do a better job at relaxing than I do. Hmm. You mean like m more, again, more intentional about like, I'm going to unwind, you mean here? It's well, they seem, they seem to have, it seems to be a little bit more complex and a little bit less dramatic. Like when I relax, like I'm, it's, boy, everybody just get out of the way. You're like, like unwind. Woo, woo, oh, yeah. unwinding. Well, that's the thing is like when I, when I relax, it takes about as much effort as doing the stuff that I do. You know, I just don't, I mean, I do it. And it, for me, I, it's very internal, right? 
But a lot of people I know, they relax with sort of, it's almost like a ritual. So I have one friend who makes carves a little time out of the afternoon to mm-hmm. sit down somewhere and have a drink as a way to transition. I love that. And I do too. And that's a cultural trapping in yeah. many places. I know a number of people who they like to combine a cup of coffee and like a social game and maybe a cigarette. You know, I mean, I'm not... Um, much of a smoker anymore, but I certainly remember the pleasures of combining those things and the way it can put you in kind of a different headspace, maybe from, you know, maybe from whatever's going on at work. Um, you know, wine and food is something all, you know, again, just all of these, they, it slows down, right? You don't typically get wine and a nice meal through a, um, a drive through restaurant, you know, like you've got to go somewhere and like yeah. carve time yeah. out and you can, and that can be terrible. And you can be going, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm spending all this time on this. I got to get out of here. I got to pull your laptop out, put it on the table yeah, in the restaurant. Phone, I mean, that's me. Phone. That's what I do. And I'm so sorry for the people whose, whose meals I've ruined in that regard. I'm trying not to do that now, but the, the notion of like, intentionally carving out space to relax. I talk about that for critical thinking also because the mental will follow in many cases what's going on with our physical. Mm-hmm. You know, like like if if we're in a relaxation mode, if we're actively trying to do it, we might be able to bring our minds along. Yeah, actually, I really like that, the idea of connecting your mind and body. So again, the same thing, like if you're going for a walk, taking your dogs for a walk, but your brain is in the office. Right. Now that's different from incubation though, right? Because we've talked about incubation. Yeah. And and I think it's interesting because I think that you see a lot of overlap in these. And I I, I see them as totally different processes, but I also see how they can, like, how they can inform one another. Mm -hmm. I... And I guess that's just, that's a bias that I have from my intellectual training. I mean, most of us are not what I find the more I train people for critical thinking at every level. Most people are not trained to create still and empty intellectual space. Absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no retreat for myself. Right. I think I mentioned this one time. There's a spell in Dungeons and Dragons where since since often these magic using characters have to rest in order to get their magic powers back. There's a spell they can cast that'll create a little other dimensional area that they can slip into and rest safely. Interesting. Right. And it's like the opposite. It's like putting that mental space on the outside right so that you can but what i'm talking about is taking that same idea and creating a hollow non-thinking non-processing area where you're just still and quiet and that's that's been the goal of my meditation practice for three decades i mean and, and it's a it's a powerful thing i recommend everyone to try to cultivate that kind of space because most of us can't create intellectual downtime for ourselves at the drop of a hat. Uh, um, That is really interesting observation. So let's connect this observation to some of the things we've talked about before, because we talked about the book Bored and Brilliant on this show before. Okay. And 
and I, I wish I could remember the name of the author, but what she talks about is the fact that because we have smartphones and we're constantly, whenever we would have a downtime moment, we put the phone in front of our face mm -hmm. and we engage ourselves. Uh -huh. So whether we're waiting for our meal at Panera or at the drive-through or at the line at line in the bank mm -hmm. or whatever, instead of just waiting there and letting our mind have a rest, mm -hmm. our body and our mind, we, we distract ourselves. And she says, by making yourself bored, by not picking up the smartphone, you actually give your brain a chance to either rest or what she says brilliant is sort of percolate or connect things in, 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 a, in an unconscious way. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you give yourself the opportunity, right? And that's the yes. thing. This is what I'm talking about. You have to give yourself the opportunity, right? Because the, the world doesn't slow down, I mean, for us. It right. just simply doesn't. Like, there's no, no there's no, I'm going to take time out. I mean, you can take time out, but stuff keeps happening. Like, there's no actual, you can, like, say, I'm going to hit pause, but that's, that's just about you. Everybody else is like, all right, so we'll see you down the way then, right? right. You can pause, but we're, you know. And the world's mechanisms just do that. And so... We have to ask ourselves, how do I get control of time? I mean, we can try to control on a clock, but really the clocks just control us, right? Yes. I mean, we don't really, all we do is kind of, we can watch it better, <laughs> but it's still the same increment of time. So what we have to do is we have to learn to break time up, our experience of time. We have to learn to break it up differently. We have to learn to experience it differently. And, you know, Zen meditation can help us do that. I mean, there are some mm. great, um, there are some great systems theory thinkers like uh, Gregory Bateson who can help us do that. Um, Maybe we could talk about that on another show, do you think? We can, we can. But I do think that time is, is always crowding us. And so yeah, getting, making intellectual space such that I can try to do some of the deep thinking we're always talking about, like we're talking about self-reflection. For a lot of people, self-reflection is a train wreck, isn't it? I mean, self-reflection, you go, oh my God, it's on fire in here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Sometimes, so, so let's just talk for a few minutes because I want to, because I want to be more intentional about this. Let's talk a few minutes about how people could carve out. A little space. So one okay. way yeah. is when you're driving, don't listen to anything. Yeah, listen to nothing. That's true, except, I mean, you are always dealing with the minutia of driving, that's true. which is in your, a lot of the stuff. No, 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 you're right. I'm just saying these are like little baby steps. Mm -hmm. These are like little baby steps, right? If you're not ready to like start um, meditating every morning, even for oh, 10 minutes. Yeah. Like these are, so oh, one yeah. is, yeah, I like it. right? Yeah. Don't listen to anything when you're driving. Yeah, and all, you might yeah. be surprised as to what kinds of things come into your brain. Well, not only that, I mean, we all are moving daily through soundscapes, right? Yes. There is a soundscape in your workplace. There's right. a soundscape. In the coffee shop. In, in the, the parking the, lot. Right, at the your, gym. Everywhere. Yeah. And we're moving in these, and we, we get used to them, and there's a lot of background stuff. When we take one of those features out, we can get more detailed about that soundscape and then we can go oh wow my car needs repair and this obviously maybe that, my thinking needs repair obviously my thinking <laughs> needs repair because i've been listening to the radio so loudly i haven't heard the brakes squeaking for what must have been some time now mm. since they're so loud now 
you could come to that realization. It's just one observation. So that's oh, a there are birds here. That, that's a baby step. Mm -hmm. Another one would be to not look at your phone when you're waiting in line somewhere or you're waiting. Like I looked around the other day, I was somewhere and everybody had their phone in front of their face and I was like, Wow, so we don't we don't look at each other anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. It's I mean, crazy. well, it, it, is, it is really different. I mean, once upon a time, we were kind of all forced into a certain degree of social activity, which a bunch of people, of course, naturally didn't enjoy. But it was, you know, you knew if you went to the store, you were going to have to do some social whatever. But now, I mean, man, people sure do hide behind their, their mask devices and their phone. Yeah, the devices. And... Sometimes people will like turn toward you, and the oh. device is between you and them, and they're looking at their device, and they're they're kind of looking at you. And but they're like, really looking at their device. Oh, uh, I don't even. I mean, and what this does, I think, for a lot of us, is it discourages us from even bothering with other folks. We just go, well, you know what? I'm just not. If they if they have their device out. Yeah. I don't want to get involved. Or yeah. they're on the phone, like having a regular conversation while they're moving through yeah. the, the public space. And I mean, I guess if you're on a sidewalk or something, whatever, whatever. But I don't know when you're in like a store. I, it's funny you say that. Saturday I was in a store and there was oh. a woman who had her call on speaker. I hate it. Turn and she's talking. Ah. She's holding the phone out and talking while the rest of us are having to listen to her conversation and the speaker and let me just tell you it was really annoying i can tell you exactly how to deal with that situation what, what do i do you talk to the person on the phone you mean i i lean into the person I, on the phone who the has other to end? lean in <laughs> oh wait you mean the i'm when you said the person on the phone i thought you meant the person who's talking through the phone or the person holding oh, sorry. the phone the person who's talking <laughs> through the phone just yell at them the speaker's for everybody. <laughs> you don't let them get away with that stuff. <laughs> let them know. So, hey, can I have a word in edgewise here? Yeah. That's what I'll say. Well, you say, somebody somebody gets really upset about something, you know, on the phone, and you, you just, over their shoulder, I respectfully disagree. Yeah, it was really annoying. And I mean, I mean, I've actually participated in conversations and people, this way before. And, and, what and people get very irritated, and I say, turn your speaker off. <laughs> See, are you inviting me into the? It sounds like you're inviting me I into this I thought this was for everyone. I talked to the person, hey, do you want to get on this? You certainly seem like you would have an opinion on this, ma'am. Wow. Yeah. This show has really taken a turn. You know, we're I just trying to give etiquette tips. Feel free, to, feel free to get our book of etiquette tips in our online shop on your way out. <laughs> mm. all, don all donations go to Forward Radio. And as a matter of fact, you are probably listening to this probably creation on forward radio 106.5 fm wfmp lp uh louisville kentucky and uh it's probably if you're doing that it is hitting you out of a little metal box in the hayburn building in beautiful downtown louisville yep overlooking um some streets I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's pretty scenic. There's a McDonald's Main you can see forth. right there from the Broadway and Forth. Yeah, yes. broad, you right can there. See, yeah, you can beautiful. see beautiful. The... Hayburn is a beautiful Art Deco building. It is, it is. It is. It is. It is. Seen better <clears> days, but that's okay. I mean, many of Art Deco things have, but that doesn't mean we don't still like them. We do. So, we, yeah. we we do like them. Yeah, and it's very functional, and uh, you could get involved. We're we would love it. We're trying to make it 
appear attractive. Um, How are we doing? Nice carpet. <laughs> when you go in there, there's a guard. Helps Who's you with the elevator. Chatty. Who's oh, very yeah. chatty. Oh, yeah. Well, they're different guards. They have different <laughs> historical perspectives on the building. It's really a nice, I mean, you learn a lot when you go in. Um, and uh, you could do your show live, which some people do, like if you were into that. We're trying to pitch you a show, like, come join us, do a show. Like, what are you passionate about that has an overlapping Venn diagram with social justice or education? Sure, because it might be something you want to share with the community. Like, you're a, you have the best methods for building models, like plastic models out of glue. Like, you're the bomb at that. And, um, you know, you tried a YouTube channel and you just didn't really like it. And so maybe radio would be for you. So you can get on here. You can tell people the best best, best methods for sanding down the little pieces and painting them and, um, you know, how you glue them. And, uh, mm. you know, you can describe the smell in an evocative way. I mean, I think, you know, for some model builders, radio is absolutely for you. I, um, I hadn't thought about that yeah, one. Yeah, um, I mean, really, you just need to get outside the box and think, what can I share with my community? Because that's what this is all about. We're trying to encourage better thinking. You might want to help people grow bigger pumpkins. Yes, and you example. might bring Brian on your show as a compost expert to talk about how to grow pumpkins and compost them and have a sustainable cycle for your pumpkin or, growing. Or you could bring me on to have an argument about it since you know that my compost method is inferior to your own compost method and you want to set the record straight. Yeah. Or you could have Brian come on and do martial arts and kind of smash the pumpkin. and Only some of that's good for radio. I know, but I'm just saying look at all the different angles yeah. they could plug you in just to one show about that had to do with pumpkins. And and we could have a rap battle. I mean, it wouldn't be high quality like some kind of Jack Harlow thing or whatever. But, I mean, we could totally have um, a rap battle wow. about pumpkins and compost. This show totally devolved. Um, we are on the creative side of criticality right now. We've shifted our purpose. We've shifted Good our purposes. Thank you. Good answer. Yeah. Good yeah. Answer. We're, we're using a different process to arrive at the um, conclusions that we're mm. reaching here. We're in yeah. a multidisciplinary space. Yeah. Well, we've now done 26 <clears throat> minutes. 26 of minutes our... of multidisciplinary yeah, space. Yeah, I think maybe should, we should shift into criticality. If you want to donate money to this train wreck, you should send some <laughs> to um, forwardradio.org. Yes. If you just go the there, just it, the place is just is just sick with donate right. buttons. Or if you want to complain about us. There's a place you can give feedback. We would love or to, constructive feedback. I shouldn't say complaints. We'd love to hear from feedback. anyone. I mean, I think complaints would be sensational. <laughs> I actually did. I actually did a critical thing. Let me shout out to a person I'm absolutely certain is not listening to my radio show. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's someone who um, I did a professional critical thinking seminar yeah. for um, for her uh, for a topic, and she signed up for it. Yeah. And the feedback that I got was, he's so full of himself, and he's always <laughs> so smug when he feels like he said something smart <laughs> really that's not what the you are damn right <laughs> welcome to my radio show <laughs> i'm sorry that turned you off wow. next time go to somebody else most people find that charming i mean about I, you. that's my whole career thank you madam indeed hey that gets you in the classroom did she say brash you? my god she wait wait. I want to hear the 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 feedback again. Say it again. Say oh it again. yeah, it was um oh it was uh 
that uh, I'm I'm so smug oh, when you're I full say of yourself. I'm, no. yeah when I say anything that I that I think is important. You're smug. I'm very arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> well, most people, lady, find that charming about I him. I didn't even he, tell Maybe he's joke. an acquired taste. Yeah. Maybe you need more time with him. I don't think she wants Take to up time with him <laughs> professionally. That's for sure. Like, we're not going to do another thing. But, uh, you know, I say it's for everyone, and I appreciate the challenges. Mm. This person told me in the seminar that she knew a lot of critical thinking. Oh, maybe she does. I think she knew some. And maybe she thought yours was a little bit too artificial. I think she had opinions about mine. I will say that she knew some. I will absolutely give okay. that. And I also just want to say that for all of us, whether we consider ourselves to be international critical thinking experts or not, we all are doing the moves of critical thinking. We're doing them implicitly. Right. And we're doing them to a greater or lesser degree. And we're paying attention to the knowledge that they provide for us about ourselves to a greater and lesser degree. Well, we should be. We Which should takes be. us into questions. Takes us into questions. So, you have been hanging in, hopefully, this whole time and wondering what the show is going to be about besides our free association. No, I wasn't um, hanging in. I knew what the show was about. Yeah, you knew deep down. I'm talking about the, the listeners. Oh, sorry. I wasn't paying any attention and, to those people at um, all. There's, we're going to talk about three kinds of questions in the world. Well, it's just this is a basic foundation for questions. I know. I just want to see how you're going to make this interesting. <laughs> I'm really curious. Okay. I will I will be very curious. All right, here's why I'm going to make it interesting. We said before that questions are the foundation of all this, right? Absolutely. And so you would have to sort of agree that questions are at least worth looking into. So, yeah. so dear listener, I, I am thinking of you. Please don't take it hard. I mean, sometimes I joke. I apologize. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to convey a notion that questions are important. I think that the folks listening to the show might agree with me on that. And so if we start thinking about questions, there are two really easy ways to categorize questions. Okay. You mean just questions that we're asking or just thinking about? Or any, any questions. Any questions. two ways to categorize questions. Two, well, there are at least two broad ways. Okay, but wait a minute, wait a minute. You just said questioning is really important. Yeah. That's an, is that an assumption we need to, to, to back up? I don't think so, because I think the people who are still on here agree that it's important. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean okay. you, would want to, you would want to look at your questions. You would want to come up with better questions. You would see the power of questions for uncovering and, and for learning. Yeah, right? okay, good. Yeah, so good. I mean, if you're into all that, a and question you know becomes questions are. well. I mean, so we can always talk about things like Socratic questioning methods, like we see in law school, and like we see in um, you know various kinds of TV shows and movies and stuff. That question and answer business. The Socratic, Socratic, questions. like Socrates might have done. So it. he was into questions. Yeah, yeah, that he was. was his, we have talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that was, that his, was his thing. That was it his was his thing. shtick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He that was. was he was questioning. He didn't always have the answers. But he wanted to raise these, these important questions. And more importantly, he wanted to make sure that other people were raising these important questions. Like his, his position was, if you're like a farmer and you haven't raised important questions for yourself about farming, right, then probably you should 
right? And probably we should not consider you to be something like the, the paradigm of the farmer, the model farmer, the best farmer. We shouldn't do that unless we're sure that you've done that questioning. Do you, okay, when you say done question, the example you just gave by the farmer, do you mean questioning meaning not necessarily questioning other people, but just my own deep questioning? Yeah, just about yeah, farming. Just like, about, like, like I'm doing farming and I'm looking at stuff. And I'm thinking deeply. About yeah. whatever. Like maybe yeah. I'm trying to get more knowledge. Maybe I'm trying to figure out what something means. Maybe I'm trying to figure out. Um, How can I do this better? Maybe. Maybe yeah. just kind of like, wow, what's that? Like, right. like my sense of discovery. Right. And Socrates thought, if I'm going to do a thing with my life, like build tables, certainly I should be moving toward excellence in this regard, right? And he really infused this idea, I think, into much of our uh, cultural thinking. Yeah, I mean, Socratic questioning is a thing. Sure. And a lot of people have heard of that phrase. Right, and, and we're not going to get into that. That might be a little bit much, you know, right. for just Person, to jump into, yeah. because it's a technique of trying to help other people um disclose how much they know about a topic right. based upon my questioning style. And so, they, you know, that's a thing to do. But I just want to say there are two other ways without going into such a thing. And yeah. They're, they're so easy. Tell me. They're so easy. Okay, so here's one. So if I have a question right now, yeah, that question is situated in time in the same way that my mind is situated in time, hmm. which is to say that if I am thinking of a question, I am in the present moment, always. I've never been in the future, and I've never been in the past, even a second. I'm always situated in the present. And so the questioning that I'm doing, if I'm thinking actively of a question, mm -hmm. that's in the present, too. I can think of any question at all. Just take, any, just take anything, and I'll put a question mark on the end. On right, the end, right, right. I'm in the moment, right? Give me one. Um, is it going to rain tomorrow? Is it going to rain tomorrow? Okay, so that is the question, and we're going to stretch out the present moment for the sake of examining yeah. it, right? Because the present moment's already gone. Right. Right. But is it going to rain tomorrow is a question that when I ask it in the present, it is informed by the past. It is a product, mm -hmm. intellectually, of questions that have been asked, asked by me and by others in the past, some of which have been answered and some of which have not been answered. Okay. This question is in that heritage because we don't ever stop. Our intellectual activity doesn't ever stop. We go to sleep and we become intoxicated and we fall down and bump our head and, you know, end up in the hospital for two weeks and don't remember it. I mean, we perceive perhaps that we take a break, but our mentation continues to develop. And so the questions that we have today, no matter what they are, they are immediately connectable to past questions. Mm, okay. All okay. of them are. And so you can locate past questions, and that might be a useful source of information for you about the question you're asking now. Okay, you give an example like that of doing that, locating one in the past. Oh, then... how's this show going to go? Yeah, is this show going to go well or poorly? I, I'm, I'm asking that question with 
a background in the right, show. Right. And if this is the first show, I'm asking this question with the background and other things that have gone well right. or poorly. Or, or listening to other shows. Other shows, yeah. right? So all of that background logic, we might call it, is connected in this way. So how is that important? Well, it's important because the historical thinking that we do on any topic oh, informs us. And if we wanted to, like if we want to dig in and get more information, and questions, the questions we're asking now are part of that. But that's just one of the pieces. So all present questions are situated as products right. of prior questions. And this question will become part of a future question's backstory. Right? Okay. This question will generate future questions. Right. And so by knowing that, you're saying, does that, is it that it helps us be more cognizant of our questions in a bigger context? Absolutely, because I can link this type of discovery I'm trying to do now with types of discovery from before, okay. and I can do that mentally by, I can say, I mean, for, for sure, I can do things like ask myself, well, when have I had these kinds of questions before? When have I tried to work with these kinds of things before? Right. Whatever it might be. But I can also just simply think back to the last time I remember working on this okay. body of information now and what questions were there. So that's interesting. Now, there is a bad habit, though. What's that? Where we can ask a question because we make an assumption based on the past. Right. And we're not, we're, we're assuming too much, right? Sure. We're asking a question, right. well, surely the bank isn't open now, right? Like, because the bank hasn't been open at this time before, sure. as opposed to really asking, sure. is, the, is the bank open? I mean, that's a pretty... Well, that's okay. That's well, that's okay. I'm not saying... Question. Example, but my point is that sometimes I find myself making too many assumptions sure. based on the past instead of really asking a question to get information. That, to me, is a bad habit as a thinker mm. that I'm owning. Well, that, and that's and that's worthwhile to notice that about ourselves. And I don't think that just that I... I don't think simply by noticing the questions between prior questions and present and future questions, I don't think that actually does anything other than turn us on to the interconnectedness of our intellectual lives okay, across time. Okay. That could be useful for different things, but that does not mean that I'm going to... Be a better questioner? Well, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm going to know if the bank's open, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, there are some things, of course, this really gets us into the other grouping of questions. Yes. Okay. Oh, wait, so, well, remind us the name of that first type that we just talked about. That's well, it's, the... well, it's just talking about the, um, the, the temporal nature of questions. Okay. So, so okay. the idea that every present question is situated in between questions from the past and questions that will be generated in the future. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. And so the, the other idea that I wanted to bring up, the other grouping of three questions, uh, or, or three areas of questioning, is the theory of three questions from Richard Paul mm. that I know that you're familiar with and you think this is boring. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I think it's boring. I think it has the potential to bore our listeners. Oh, yes. Well, almost everything. Almost everything <laughs> we talk about is that. Well, so here's the thing, right? I guess I'll just act like I like it and then people can. Just Your be, enthusiasm. Yeah, will, it'll, it'll help my, it'll it'll, turn them my on. affect. Yeah. Well, at least cause them to write something negative um, in a review. So just don't sound smug. No, no, I, 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 <laughs> I surely cannot sound smug in this in, in this instance. So it's my radio show. I'll be smug if I want to. All right. So three kinds of questions. 
if you have a question that is based in a process. Okay, get, get like. How do I operate the computer? Okay. What's two plus two? All right. Where is where's my car? Where's the turn car? signal? Where, right. Where's the turn signal? Whatever. <laughs> how, you know, how do I get to the store? Right. These are all, there is a process, an intellectual process that exists to answer all of these questions. Mm. There's a system. And there might be several different systems. Like I could look at a map, yeah. or I could ask my buddy, right. or I could Go whatever, online, right. follow the sun. I mean, you can do all right. kinds of things, right? But but maybe but but there is for each of those. There's a way of thinking it through that produces a right answer for that system. Right. And so when I'm reading a map, a right answer on a map might refer to the same store as when I ask for directions from my friend, Got it. but they're literally two different ways of knowing because one of them is a physical thing that right. I see. A visual. Right. right, and the other one is this one mental hear. thing that Got I then it. fabricate in my head and in my mental map right. or whatever, okay. right? So, so this, these two ways of knowing have their own uh, right answers and their own processes that produce those answers. right answers. Okay. And they have their own processes that can check those answers, just like arithmetic, right? So subtraction right. checks addition, right. division checks multiplication, right? Okay. So that's, there are lots of questions like that. And we should know if we're dealing with a system, if we're asking a question that is expecting an answer that's based in a process. Okay, all right. So when I'm asking a question like, how do I operate this machine? I would expect a process-based answer. Right, not interpretive dance. Not interpretive dance. Right. But there's another kind of question I can ask, which provides, instead of providing this knowledge. Right, um, like step-by-step. Step, right, this right? process-based stuff. Instead, it provides um, subjective preference. Such as, use the same example. How do you like to operate this piece of equipment? Oh, how would you like to use this? Yeah, how do you like to use this? That might not be the way that they would train someone to use it. <laughs> right, they'd be like, Brian, how do I use this computer? And say, well, how would you like to use it? And I'd be like, okay, smug, smarty. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get t-shirts. Um, but yeah, so this is, so this is, Okay. You know, or when I'm asking you, Patty, what kind of fruit do you like to eat? Right. Right. If you say. Uh, grapes. No, no. That's wrong. It is. Isn't that weird? That's weird. Because when I ask questions of preference, I should expect to get preference based answers. Got and it. you can't check those. They're not based in a process. It's not that. Right. There's some process you should have used to arrive at oranges, right? right. You said grapes, clearly the process is off. Right. right? So it's preference. Like <clears throat> yeah. Those so are questions that are, so what you're saying, there's some questions that the answers are grounded in a process and some they're grounded in preference. Right. And maybe a process informs my preference. That That's okay. But right. that's not what's being asked for. Okay. So Nobody asked you the best way to do it. They asked you, how do you do it? So it's like that expression when you say, don't ask so-and-so what time it is. They'll tell you how the watch works. You've heard oh, that? You've heard yeah, that I've expression? heard that. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. You ask them what time it is, yeah. and instead they tell you how that's yeah. not answering the question. I've definitely heard that one. Um, yeah, well, and so what, 
I think the important thing about the theory of three questions is that it prompts us both as the questioner and as the questioned yes. to become sensitive to the types of questions being asked. Is right. what's being asked of me to state my preference? Or is what's being asked of me that I give a correct answer? I see. These are two different things. Correct answers are based in process. Right. Because you have to be able to determine correct from incorrect, right. which is based in process. Right. So if, if I said to you, Brian, how do I operate this computer? And you said, well, you do step one, two, and three. And I said, well, where did you get that information? Right? Where did your process come from? Right. Right? And you should be able to say. Right. 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 I should be able to say. I should be able to say this is my source material. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should yeah. be able to provide that. I'm thinking, too, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to work out if we get different processes or preferences and yeah. processes get mixed up. So, for example, if I, you know, if we're in a painting class, right, right and I say, hey, Patty, can you mix up this paint, these paints right. to make green? Mm -hmm. And you go mix the paints, and I come over and I say, wow, good job mixing the paints. It's totally purple, right? Maybe we can do something with that purple on this mm -hmm. canvas. Like, this might still work out. The process was wrong. You put the wrong right. colors together. I see what you're saying, right? right. But it doesn't mean, it, we might all really like the purple, right? right. But it was... You know, if if we're if we're given points for, can you make green? Then, you don't get those right, points. But maybe we can. Right. Yeah, so, but maybe this is a, this is still good. Yeah, like the silver lining, sometimes. Well, it's something. just that it's just that sometimes you know things can still work out even though we're sure that someone got something wrong. This doesn't mean that you just don't work with somebody because you notice that they gave an incorrect answer. Right. Okay. It just means that you definitely have a criterion. To say, well, that's not quite it. Right. Right. So we've got... It's two out of three. Two out of three. The third one... I wonder one. if we have any listeners left. Oh, man. That's they may a have good, fallen off. Is that a question of preference or system? How would we check that? How would we check that? Well, I mean, it might be multiple systems that we need to check. Oh, that. no hey. segue. So sometimes <laughs> the right way to answer a question is by comparing two or more systems. Well, that sounds opaque. Well, let's think of a chili cook-off, because everybody cares. Everybody loves a chili cook-off. Well, it's at least people always talk about it. So we say, okay, Barnes over here, he's got chili mm -hmm. that he made with Chili-O powder from the, re from the grocery store. Right? Yeah. And he put macaroni elbows in it and yeah. pinto beans. Yeah. Okay. And then we got Patty over here and she made some homemade, purely from scratch chili with no pasta and with chocolate in it. And then we've got somebody else over here and their chili doesn't even have tomatoes in it. Just maybe it's white chili. White chili with chicken. Yeah. Three different chilies. Right. Each of these styles of chili, if you want to call them that, will have a sort of way of being rendered. Like there's a process, right. which would be each one would have a type one, right. such that so such that if you made chili with a mole or whatever, put some chocolate in it, then maybe 
there's a way to do that that it turns out the way you want it. Yes. But that's really different from the white chili with the chicken. Right. So right? they're both types of chili, but two different iterations of chili. You would use two different processes. If right. you were asking how do yeah. I make each one of these, it would they'd be, be, they'd be type one questions. Right. Not, but not questions of preference. Right. Like this is how you do right. this. The questions of preference would be, which one do the judges like best? Right. Right. Okay. And then the, the what we want to recognize is if, if the judges aren't just going off preference, if the judges are actually trying to say something like one of these is better than the other, than the other two, but we actually recognize that we're comparing apples to oranges when we say this, yeah. then what you have to do is you have to learn how each system works such that I would be a master of vegetarian chili, mole chili, mm -hmm. Right. White chicken chili. I'd be a master of each of these three, and then I could judge each one of them not compared to one another's like apples to oranges, but comparing each one of them on their own merits as if I could can pick out the features that are okay. in each one that I can actually compare. It's a much more complicated process, and what it means is I can't just say, well, I don't like chicken, so not that one. I have to actually learn how each one works oh. and compare it on its merits. Okay, so so if that was going to be in the if that was going to help us illuminate a multi-system question, what kind of question would it be? Which chili is? Well, it might be a question like that. It might be a question like, how should we fund lawsuits from problems with police? Um, right. How should we deal with? problems of people uh, not having access to health care. Oh, so you're saying those are questions and that they're, they're, they're called multi-system because there's multiple uh, layers? Well, there's of, multiple systems that right. intelligent, that people who are intelligent about this issue mm. could use to examine uh, and come right. up with a defensible um, like we, mul like multiple angles or points of view. On yeah, that, that, yeah, that all would be that all would be educated, legitimate ones. But it's just that that people who are educated and thoughtful about this topic will disagree. Like one people will say, I don't care how good the chicken chili is, <laughs> it's I will always want the vegetarian chili, right? right? I mean, and and other people will say, well, that's ridiculous because the chicken chili could be blah 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 blah. blah. You say, well, I, I mean, this is when. And unless we're just going to go off our preference, we need to have a way to examine the question and split these complex questions into their strands so that Got we can it. look at each method for coming up with an right. answer and compare those methods and say, well, you know, this, this is a perfectly fine method, but it leaves out any kind of social well, justice, okay, so I so, don't want to use that. So let me give an example. So if somebody, let's say you and I were house shopping for okay. a house. All right. Okay, and we're like, which house is the best house for us? Yeah. And there were multiple things we were looking at. Location, finances, condition of the house, location. Sorry to say that. I mean, anyway, it seems important. Yeah, it seems important. Location, <laughs> location, location. Right? Like, the things that the uh, condition of the house. So, sure. So, that strikes me as that there wouldn't that you would only get to an answer of yes this is the house we want to buy because we've teased out our thinking on each of these other questions yeah 
that feed up into that, right? So yep. like you say, well, I really want a house that's in this neighborhood because of my commute or my beloved compost pile sure. is nearby, whatever. Right. Right. And I, and so there's going to be all of these other questions that require you to kind of delve in and then answer those to feed up into the bigger right. umbrella question. Yeah. Yeah. I think that works out. I think that <clears throat> a, a time when any of us could work on this is just if we're trying to figure out where we're going to go for dinner tonight or, or if we're going to go out and oh, stay in. Boy. Oh right? boy. Because, because often this gets, this gets decided just based on preference. Yes. Right. It gets, I mean, just just kind of preference. But what we could say, what we could say is, I actually want to think through each of the. And in Louisville, there are a lot of options. But you know, I want to think through all of the viable options for this evening, and compare them to one another with some kind of more or less standard thinking, as opposed to just going off of preferences. Preference. Because my preference is personal, but if I provide my reasoning. To others, now it becomes a communal thing that we can all contribute to the complex reasoning that eventually has us ending up at and Wendy's. And by then, I'm hangry. <laughs> um, Patty's hangry, so, and we're going to Wendy's, and I don't care anymore. Okay, but it could also be a system one process question, because I could say, well, Brian, you picked last time, so the process is now it's my choice. That's fine, although I think for a lot of people, they're just going to take the preference thing. Like, they're not even going to think about process mm. unless they have to share it. Right. So, okay. I mean, I, I'm just saying when we compare, like, like we can still compare with preference. We just say, well, I like Subway better than Wendy's, so I yeah. want to go to Subway. Yeah. But then if we say, okay, let's maybe think about a few criteria right. that I use for making this decision. Now, maybe I go, oh, well, I do like this one thing about Subway a great deal, but it actually loses on all the other criteria. Yeah, like, yeah, like maybe you need a vegan meal and you don't really like their vegan meal. Well, maybe I need a place where the bread actually qualifies as bread as opposed to I don't know if artificial substance. I don't know if you guys saw in in Ireland last year what? uh the high court, I think it's across the EU actually now, um has said that uh subway bread cannot be called bread really? because it has too much sugar. It's cake. So so it's called like they say, what kind of cake do you want? Well, and they're like, I want a sandwich. I don't want cake. And they're this like, is the problem. what kind of cake would you? And then it's like, who's on first, right? And would you then, like, would you like the whole wheat cake? And then really, and you're like, no, no, I don't think with my egg sandwich, I don't care for the whole wheat cake. Yeah. So this is the thing. Is, yeah. This. So well, it's for tax purposes. Oh because God. because cake is taxed at a higher rate than That's bread. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was a big case last year. So in these case, and I mean, one of the things I actually used it in my critical thinking class because one of the things that that they had there was this they hired this judge yes. to go through all of the various strands of reasoning really to show why it should be considered cake instead of bread. And, and did that was that successfully it was, argued? It, I guess. Well, again, his position was only. An advisory position, but the high court accepted it. So yeah, wow. he's right. Wow. So this is why lawyers are supposed to be good critical thinkers. I mean, this is why they're supposed right? to be. I think they're you put it right. They're supposed to be yeah. right because. I mean, but it's really easy in the legal profession since there isn't a lot of assiduous checking of my thinking. Right. Just the products. It's easy to go off of my own preference and call it something else. Yeah. If anybody even so asks. So sophistry yeah. is right. Right. And actually, 
you know what? It's rife in a lot of fields. Let's yeah. not just blame lawyers. Well, no, but lawyers, of course, historically are the first group, the second group, to really practice sophistry professionally. Really? The first one was philosophers? Well, um, <laughs> Politicians. teachers. Po what? No, teachers. My husband is oh. a scholar of ancient Greece and Rome. Oh, my Lord. Maybe we bring him. We've never interviewed him. We should. I can't believe that you allowed me to say things when you know that he's <laughs> going to listen to this and he's going to just shake his head and you'll say, what's wrong? And he'll just... So, you know, it's not anything Kind of like when into. we did a tour of the Capitol and that poor intern was oh, talking about different things and he was like kind of correcting <laughs> the intern. And I was like, oh, but, but, he was, but he was talking to the intern about it. Yeah, yeah. It was, oh, good. Well, I guess he can come on here and he can he can correct me about my uh, my assertions about Greece and Rome. Well, he also went on a tour with a bunch of school kids to a historic home here in Louisville and the tour guide was starting to say, well, so-and-so was an abolitionist and my husband was like i'm sorry that is not correct oh my lord so much and so much those, for that drip yeah uh, i mean i mean he's 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 like that he, he's like that all right well uh ed you know um socrates was a beautiful man i don't care what they say and uh, i look forward to having you on the show so great yeah. okay we'll we'll make it happen yeah no, maybe if good. he'll do it if he'll do it i don't, I don't know why he wouldn't do it he's got all because the he listens to our show and he goes i don't know how you guys do that without a script oh well, he that's what he says he, hasn't he written some books he can just bring them in and just read from it <laughs> we don't want that i don't mind maybe he could do like one of his lectures like, oh, that killer. he gives to his students yeah, maybe you yeah, know you'll... and we could use three system questions to try to like really drill down and... i think that this is going to be a good project for you all to work on to figure, <laughs> figure out his format and i will facilitate whatever whatever comes about because you're good that way well uh, let's just say that i am ready uh for any and all guests particularly those who actually know what they're talking about so and, bring it in and try to deflate his smugness just try is he smug no you oh me oh <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i think his i don't know he doesn't have no, he's not yeah oh yeah well i mean i'm i'm already deflated just by the notion that someone someone learned will be listening and go i don't know i don't know <laughs> maybe not but that's a risk we take here at critical thing mm, for everyone sure working is. uh working off the cuff and we hope that you have enjoyed our antics this week and we look forward to um, hearing your reports about how it went for you were you able to break your thinking into pieces were you able to identify different kinds of questions were you able to bring up any kind of intellectual standards when you needed to were you able to slow your thinking down and make a little cave for yourself Ooh. Ooh, stuff. that's a big leap please report back to us at critical thinking for everyone on facebook please please because we know you're out there doing it stuff's for everyone even you you already knew it was for you. <laughs>